Howdy, hey y'all, and welcome back to the second half of the season two premiere of Rosé Till Christmas Today. This is a show where we uncork a boidle, bottle, <laughs> but I wrote boidle in the notes, <laughs> and settle back to enjoy some cheesy holiday favorites. I'm one of your hosts, Emma, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Abby. What's up, jingle bitches? <laughs> <laughs> Was not prepared for that. How you doing? I'm doing okay. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing okay because I I got into the Christmas spirit. But we'll talk Mm. about that in a moment. Abigail, what you drinking? Emma, um, not I'm not having an alcohol tonight, unfortunately. Um because I have to be up early tomorrow morning because uh, I have therapy. No. So, <laughs> I was you like, you're rolling up to your therapist. <laughs> over you're like, I had to record a podcast last night. <laughs> yeah. So I am, um, I am partaking in another adult substance that is legal in the state of Illinois. And... <laughs> Because uh, that's not going to make me feel hungover. And I'm also drinking a uh, a Mexican Coke. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Love Mexican Coke. Mm-hmm. I get it a lot when we order, like, noodles and company at Ooh. work. Um, because they always have a Mexican Coke. But the problem is we always keep forgetting to bring bottle openers. Like, have a bottle opener. So that way, because it's, yeah. it's not like a twist off or anything. So everybody brings their bottle to me and I have to open it on the desk. <laughs> Your life is so hard. I know. I know. <laughs> but they're like, of all the things in <laughs> I know that's the worst thing. <laughs> My life is slowly cr- crumbling around me, but everybody needs me to open their Mexican Coke. <laughs> yeah. That's um, the worst part of they'll, they'll be like, They'll be like, we need college Abby. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So that's my, well, at least you can do it. That's your talent. That That is my talent. I went to a party school. So <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking? I am drinking something called tempo gin smash. Gin oh. smash. <laughs> um, <laughs> mixed in canned in Canada in Vancouver. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. in the grapefruit for labor. Um, it's Ooh. pretty good. I'm like, I'm like, I don't have to work tomorrow, so like, I can drink tonight. But I'm also like keeping it light because I got up at five thirty this morning. So, <laughs> did you work today? I sure did. Ugh. Yeah. And Ugh. tomorrow, when I don't work, is when they're having their Halloween party. I'm super of stoked course. about that. Of course. <laughs> That's some bullshit. Uh, it's always the way no actually it's not always the way I've been there for like the last three Halloweens it's fine mm. What did, have you gotten into the Christmas spirit at all since we last recorded have you done anything else well so I didn't full disclosure I did not watch our movie for today until today um, oh but yeah but I um, I was gonna watch it last night but then unexpected things happened and my coworker came over and we had to do a lot of therapizing each other and processing <laughs> um, yeah just what you do when you're friends with uh, other therapists but I didn't get to do it last night but I'm actually kind of glad that I well one watched it today and then are gonna 
be talking about it today. So it's fresher in my mind. Um, but also like I just had it on while and like was watching it while I was doing paperwork at work. And I don't, I don't know. It just made me feel all the warm fuzzies that we're totally going to get into. So that made me feel the Christmas spirit. And then, um, I was grumpy towards the end of the day because work is a pain in the ass. And apparently I had to open Mexican Cokes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> and so I just belted Christmas songs in my car on the way home. And that made me feel better. So that's, that's what's got me in the Christmas spirit. You did something like actually exciting today. Well, okay. Full disclosure. I also just watched Klaus. Like I just watched <laughs> it. Like I finished it about 90 minutes ago. So, but you've seen guess, it before, right? No. Oh, really? I hadn't. I thought I had, but I hadn't. Wow. I, I don't know what I was thinking of, but this was not it. So, um, I also watched it today, and then, but I also have a lot of trouble giving my full attention to movies lately. Um, yeah. And I'll talk more about that in a bit. So I, uh, I was like, well. I was thinking about how much it was going to suck that I would have to celebrate Halloween on Friday evening, but then go to bed early and then wake up and go to work on Sunday morning. Sorry, Saturday evening and then go to bed and wake up on Sunday morning and not get to decorate my tree right away. Mm-hmm. So I better just get my tree out now. And then that <laughs> way my tree is up when I get home from work on Sunday afternoon. So that's what I did. <laughs> I put up my tree and it looks Yay. so good in my living room. It's my brand new tree. And I am, but I'm also like, man, I'm going to be so mad if I get to save all this by December. Like so mad, hmm. but it makes me so happy right now. Like, again, I think I mentioned, like I tried to be in the spoopy mood this year, mm-hmm. but like, oh no. It does not hit the same way. You know, yeah, I think, so we are Christmas bitches first, uh, spoopy bitches second. Yes. And, I mean, we already get the the pull to get into Christmas during October when we're like, no, but we want to be spooky. But I think this year, like, this year doesn't fucking count. (laughs) None of the rules apply. No, 2020 dampered my spooky mood, not gonna lie, because everything was already spooky enough. Um, Mm -hmm. and I am very much so ready for Christmas now. Like Halloween isn't until Saturday. Um, this is coming out on Sunday. Uh, but (laughs) I'm already like, is it, are we done with October? Yeah. I'm like, I'm literally, I've been counting down the days. I'm like November 1st, Christmas season. Let's go. Yeah. Holly fucking jolly. But I'm <laughs> jingle also like the goddamn gonna, bells. <laughs> jingle those goddamn bells. I am sick of this year. Anyways, and like it's also I was also like sitting in the sun during my break today, and I was like, "Yep, I'm definitely gonna need a sad light <laughs> this year because the difference yeah. in my mood today versus last two days where it has been kind of like gray and not yeah. so fun. I mean, I did go on strike on Monday, mm. <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you unexpectedly went on strike i went on strike for three hours and then i'm like wait i should probably not be on strike right now it's, it's a long and complicated story um yeah so this week has been weird but today felt nice and then coming home and then like getting ready to watch klaus and everything has been really nice but i did 
work on my wreath last night. And I got some more. I actually found some really nice decor, Christmas decor from the dollar store of all places. Oh, so okay. I'm super excited about that. So, yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. 10 out of 10 would recommend sad lamps always, but yes. especially this year because the COVID depression. So this is outside of having clinical depression, which we both have, but (laughs) the COVID depression on top of the seasonal depression that's going to be coming up in the next couple of months is going to be brutal. So um, I usually, I don't like to use Amazon. However, um, that you can get some uh, sad lamps pretty cheap off of Amazon. Um, Yeah. I don't so, know where else you can get sad lamps for like that I price. Have no idea. Yeah, like so. mine. Mine is a little fancy. Mine's a little fancier, so it was like ninety dollars. But like, oh good lord, because I can set it at a uh, fifteen thirty forty five sixty minutes for it to be on, and then it also has like three different levels of LED light. So if I need the extra vitamin D, I can crank it up all the way. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's Abby's Christmas yeah. tip. <laughs> yeah, get a sad lamp. So get a, get a sad get lamp. Get a sad lamp. So sad yeah. sounds for seasonal affective disorder, but it is also just means you're sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. But no sad so. lamps are good. You have it on for on the side of your face. Do not put it directly in front of your face because you're gonna get mm-hmm. really nauseous. Oh. Shall we talk about Klaus? Let's talk about Klaus. Um, Klaus is an American Spanish production for Netflix, and I do mean mm. Spanish as in from Spain. Uh, <laughs> it is pro- um, just the way you said that. Is it Spanish <laughs> from Spain? Spain, Spain. Well, I imagine most of our listeners are from North America, so I feel mm. like that's an important distinction to make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. And it is a directed by a guy named Sergio Pablos. And I remember seeing the um, the credits at first. I'm like, was this, like, originally supposed to be in English? Yes, it was supposed to be in English. But um, it was a Spanish animation team that ended up yeah. doing all the animation work, which is really cool. Um, right. And so then it was... Oh. No, oh, sorry. I, I had just... I had read through the Wikipedia article of Klaus um, earlier in the day because I was just... I, like to do that after i watch a movie um yeah and i guess um it was kind of in like pre-production hell for a long time because they couldn't find a studio that would take them Um, they've been like pitching the story to major animation studios since like 2015 and they this only came out last year um because it was quote unquote too ambitious Um, because they were very much so adamant that they were going to use 2d animation and, um, you know, do different styles than 2d. Like they basically what I remember Mm. reading, um, was like what 2d animation had looked like if we developed more technology for that, instead of just switching to entirely CG. Yeah. Um, and I think you can definitely see that in the movie. Yeah. It is yeah. very beautifully done. Um, it's gorgeous. But it took forever for them to find a studio who would take them because they thought it was too ambitious. 
But sometimes, like, Netflix actually takes a lot of chances. Yeah, they do. On studios. The problem is, is that they don't let, like, then just kind of keep them afloat so they can ease it into, like, <laughs> a whole new wave of, like, filmmaking and storytelling. That's Netflix's problem. But they do take a lot of chances, and I think this was a really yeah. good chance to yeah. have taken. So, yeah. um, so the... The story was written by Sergio Pablos, Jim Mahoney, and Zach Lewis. Um, our cast. Very um, star-studded. Very star-studded, actually. Um, so we've got Jason Schwartzman as Jesper. We have J.K. Simmons as Klaus. <laughs> J.K. Simmons. Okay, like, that man has had my heart since I saw him in Juno, and he's... Like, bored <laughs> me with every performance I've seen him in since. He's so good. And also including Spider-Man? Yes, including Spider-Man, but also he's Tenzin in Korra. He is Tenzin! And he <sighs> further has cemented himself in my heart because of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rashida Jones as Alva. Norm MacDonald as Mogens. Joan Cusack as Mrs. Tammy Crumb. Uh... <laughs> Neta Margareta Laba as Margu, and Will Sasso as Mr. Askel Ellingbow. Joan and... Cusack is kind of swooped in and is trying to become the Christmas queen. I don't mind in the slightest. Joan no. Cusack I love is... her. Yes. Joan Cusack I heard her voice. Heart. I heard her voice and I was like, <gasps> Joan! <laughs> I was like, wait, that sounds like Jesse from... Toy Story, <laughs> Joe Cusack! It's Joe Cusack! Joe Cusack's in this movie! So... Oh, did you see? It's Joe Cusack. <laughs> I am in love with her. I've been in love with her since Toy Story 2, but then also very specifically the School of Rock when she, yes! starts, <laughs> when she starts singing along to Stevie Nicks. Yes! Um, Why is it specifically that scene, though? <laughs> because we're gay. <laughs> I just love it that like for both of us it was specifically the progression <laughs> from Jesse and Toy Story to her jamming out slightly drunk to Stevie Nicks oh. in a bar with Jack Black full <laughs> of rock. <laughs> Listen, I love that movie. I love that movie to this day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, maybe we should talk about the movie we're actually watching. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> so here is what class is all about. So we meet Jesper. Um and he is at the training facility for the postal service of I wanna say Norway. They don't specify, but it is a Nordic country. Yeah. Very heavily implied to be Norway. Um, he is <laughs> a whiny rich boy who mm-hmm. okay, all the other cadets are in like these very perfect houses, and he's somehow just in like this very sloppy looking tent. And that, so then I'm wondering, do the cadets have to build their own houses before they oh. can start being I feel like, like that's too much to ask of a post officer. I think it is, but then why does he have a sloppy, sloppy tent? Like, it doesn't make sense. 
I I think I think probably a lot of it has to do with the fact like he was very specifically trying to get kicked out. Yeah. Um like And it like honestly it looked very lush. It looked very bougie inside. Yeah. Um it, it very so- much so reminded me of a Tom and Parks and Rec when they go camping and he bought everything from Sky Mall. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> He's glamping on yeah. the post the postal service training grounds. Yes. And it was and it's like kind of run like this military operation, which is yeah. also kind of bizarre in its own right. Um but his dad is the postmaster general. Okay, how is he so rich, but his dad is postmaster general i feel like that the most it would be like comfortable not like uber rich do you know apparently yes apparently the the uh postal system in undetermined time period possibly norway (laughs) is of the utmost importance i guess so we see that he's like this lazy incompetent fool of course because he's a rich white boy Yes. And so his dad is like, so then he gets called to see his dad, and his dad is like, "You suck," and he's like, "What do you mean I suck?" And his drill sergeant, drill sergeant, by the way, uh, lists off how he's done, and he has purposely done terribly at absolutely everything he's done. So his dad is like, "Listen, I'm not letting you get away with this any longer." So either he goes to this town called Smirinsburg. And gets their post office up and running and gets like a thousand letters sent off. Or he can kiss his inheritance goodbye and he will be broke forevermore. Good luck. Uh, so he basically. The post office is important. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is Support so important. But like, I, what, like, this is extreme importance. <laughs> when I was re- when I was like reading the little blurb before I got started, I'm like, this is going to be about how the post office masters are the hidden heroes of America. It wasn't quite that, but <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, so um, I went into this pretty blind. Like, I didn't mm. read the blurb. I have never seen the trailer. Like, I knew it was there because, like, I remember it coming out. Um, and it was also nominated for an Oscar. Um, but I didn't like know anything about this movie. So I think part of the, the, uh, joy and like the, cause it wasn't just that this movie, uh, I will get into like how it made me feel throughout, but like to be so viscerally into a new movie is like at, at the drop of a hat is not a common occurrence for me. Um, yeah. But I think it was just like a total, uh, not misdirection, but like totally challenged my, oh, this is what this movie's going to be about by starting it off with like how important letters are and the post office. <laughs> yeah. And like, and like I was expecting, was... oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just expecting like Smearinsburg to end up being like, a really nice place too. Like it was the equivalent of the North pole. Um, yeah. And like Santa was already established as Santa. Like I didn't know it was an origin story. <laughs> no, me neither. Um, but so basically he's got to go to Smearinsburg. And so he has to get on this shady looking boat with this shady looking <laughs> boat driver. And he has to float away. He has to ride away off into the waves. To Smearinsburg. 
um, which because it is an island, so it is completely cut off. So there's a very good reason why the post office would try to keep establishing itself there. Um, because when you first get a look at it, it's absolutely disgusting. And <laughs> the, <laughs> the boat driver, who is known as Mogens, even points out, yeah, you should come in the spring where all the grays <laughs> just pop right out at you. <laughs> so it's it's bleak. Um, and he has to go establish a post office there, and they have to send 6,000 letters via the National Post, or he will be cut off. So that is the challenge he's going into. So he reaches Smearinsburg, and immediately it is just the most dull, depressing place. There There are people holding bodies. There are... Okay, I have to talk about this for a second. So there's like this little group of children, and they're building a snowman, but uh-huh. they're kind of stabbing a snowman uh-huh. with carrot knives. And yeah. all I could think about when I was looking at those children, like, I'm pretty sure those <laughs> they're based off the original designs for the Adams family. Yeah. And like same thing. Google it. Google it. Cause like i it's like dead on. And it's it's it has to be like inspired by, but I thought it was a very nice detail. And it was actually kind of nice seeing like this town look so bleak and depressing at first because it's mm-hmm. like this is actually like so we did Nightmare Before Christmas, which is very, like, Halloween with, like, a touch of Christmas. But I feel like this film is very Christmassy, but there's, like, this touch of darkness and kind of spookiness yeah. to it, too, that I think yeah. really plays well off each other. And I think there's this is actually a very good way to start off our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, he's taken to the town center, and he's told, well, like, because he's, like, an entitled white boy. He's like... Where's my welcoming committee? And so Morgan <laughs> tells him, ring that bell. You'll get a welcoming committee. And so he rings the bell. And it turns out that uh, Smearsburg is the center of generations-long family feuds between two families that happen to live in the area. And uh, he gets caught up in the middle of it. And it, we have the Crumbs versus the Ellingbows. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they have been fighting, 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 fighting. So he goes off and rushes to the first safe place he can think of, which happens to be a school. <laughs> and that's where he meets Miss Alva, who is selling I fish out of the school her. because none of the none of the families will send their children to school because, oh my God, like, what if I had to, like, let my child um, integrate with a child from that family. That would not be cool. That mm-hmm. would not be acceptable. So the teacher has had to turn to selling fish to make a living. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I just see a note here that says Alva is the best. So Abby, take it away. I uh, no, I just I love her. She's very pretty. <laughs> she's uh, very pretty. <laughs> sh- she's voiced by Rashida Jones. Yeah, and like. Rashida Jones, but like her voice is very sexy. Let's be real. Yeah. She has a very yeah. sexy voice. And she's yeah. a, like a, just like, um, puts on like the sassy, like, I'm going to fucking kill you if you fucking look at me wrong. But like, she has a heart of gold. She just wants to teach the kids. Yeah. And, but she can't. So she no. has to sell fish and she is very better about it. And 
she like you see a little picture of her graduation photo and like she's surrounded by men so like you kind of get the idea that maybe she was an orphan and she like really fought really hard to get that teaching degree so Mm -hmm. she could go and like inspire young minds and she happens to pick up the job in Spearsburg. so uh it's not going great and she has to hide her stash inside of the head of a can't remember the name of the fish but it's a big scary fish with the little dangly thing dangler fish (laughs) dangler fish maybe i don't know it's Danny will let us know. Danny, Danny, Danny please, let us know. If, please let us know because I'm having a hard time. <laughs> the fish where it wants to touch that little dangly dang that's swinging the back of your throat. Good God. Keep it in. <laughs> you almost make me spit out my drink. You're welcome. <laughs> then it would have um, been a wet ass podcast oh anyway (laughs) i just think alva's really pretty and she's cute and she's sweet and she could kill me if she wanted to i mean she could kill anybody if she wanted to she's pretty pissed off at this point in the film yeah so and then eventually he gets to go to the post office it is of course completely run down they have tried to send postmasters over here before there has been no success and like (laughs) you look at the um you look at how this town is like kind of introduced themselves you can see why um so he ends up running into this boy who lost his photo not this photo gosh this picture out a window <laughs> and he um he decides he's going to try and mail it um and he actually runs into this reclusive woodsman who lives just outside of town and he figures out that his house is just filled with toys um but he's kind of scary so he like <laughs> he is big he runs away and uh, but because this is an animated feature the picture doesn't re- quite make it away with him and so um but, but it's a very specific reason yeah it was the magic it was the magic and like when klaus sees jesper for the first time he just like he's almost like kind of filled with this aura like there's like mm. he sees him and he's like there's something about you that i kind of have to pursue here so yeah. we're gonna pursue it. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of like um magic in the film, and I wanna end up talking about that later. Um, but like, you know, typically in in Santa Claus movies, there is some sort of like fantastical magic that is going on that, you know, makes Santa or helps him do this, that, and the other thing. But there's not a whole lot of that in in this, except for the kind of magicalness we get with like the snow and the leaves picking up for uh, Klaus in the situation with Jesper, and then situations later on in the movie. Yeah. Um. So then Klaus is basically basically says to Jesper, "Who drew this? Like, can you take me to them? Like." I'll 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 give him one of my toys. Like I just I need to see this kid. 
Um, and so this kid wakes up the next day and, oh my God, he has a toy and mm. he figures out, oh my God, it's because like I mailed this picture. Um, so then the, he tells the other kids in town, he's like, yeah, <laughs> like I wrote to this, like I wrote to the like creepy old woodsman and like, I got a toy. And so the other children want in on this because toys, yeah. um, <laughs> and so Jesper's like, oh my god, I can actually, like, get some letters out of this. This is, like, a win-win situation. So he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, kids, send Klaus letters, and I'll get you hooked up. Um, And then that's how this whole thing starts. And then we actually find out that the little boy, so he's from the Crumb family, ends up playing with a little girl who's from the Ellingbo family. And then mm-hmm. their families catch them. And so then they're taken in front of, like, the leaders, which is Miss Tammy Crumb and Mr. Asko Ellingbo. And they're like, how dare you? And they basically <laughs> show how long, like, basically the Ellingbos and the Crumbs have been at war since the Stone Age. And <laughs> it is not the children's job to disrupt that in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. However, they are very protective of the, it is very much the Montagues and Capulets <laughs> mm-hmm. with no stark crossed lovers, but that's fine. It's okay. It's like you kind of get like a whiff of star crossed lovers there, but they're children, so they're not going to go there. Right, right, um, right. Star crossed friendships. Yeah, star-crossed friendships. Um, Platonic so... star-crossing. <laughs> Sorry. Platonic <laughs> star-crossing. <laughs> um, but that doesn't really stop it because the kids have, like, caught on to this whole thing. And so all the kids are trying to get their letters to Klaus and, like, Jesper's like, hell yeah, money, money, <laughs> money. Um, and, like, they kind of get this whole thing going on. But then there's, like, a couple kids are like, I super want to send a letter to Klaus. I, like, I want to get out on this, but, like, I do not know how to write. And he's like, well, yeah. shit. Like, I don't know what to, I, there's nothing I can do for you. Wait. There happens to be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> So I he, know a gal. <laughs> I know somebody. And so he manages to take these children to Alba. And he's like, hey, they want to learn. And she's like, what the fuck? No. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to get the fuck out of here. No, 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 no. And then they, like, act all sweet and, like, adorable. And she's like, well, I guess. <laughs> and, like, there's that little spark where she could enjoy teaching. And it's just lit. And you can just kind of see it. And it's wonderful um it's 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 the the so the kiddo is able to write her name on the board and like mm-hmm. is so amazed that's my name yeah. uh and then all the other kids are like i want to learn how to write mine and like you just see the light come back in alva's eyes and it's just yeah. like Ugh. this is what she wanted to do from yeah. the get-go yeah i think um, and I can't, I can't speak for you, Emma, but I feel like you would agree with me as, as people who primarily work with children, um, mm-hmm. as in any job, like it gets very, very stressful after a while. Mm-hmm. And there are some days you're like, why did I pick the career that I did and in the population <laughs> that I did? Um, but then you have those kind of moments like Alva gets where all the kids want to learn how to write their name. Uh, and you're like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is it. The kids give I me would- hope. 
and give me I fuzzies. I would just like to state for the record that as as frustrated I can as I can get with my job, I never want to work with adults again. No. <laughs> oh, adults are the worst. Like I never say I why do I work with these children? I'm like this is still better than adults. Just remember yep. that, Emma. <laughs> you would hate yep. it so much more if they were adults. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and, like, we're kind of getting to know Klaus a little bit more. Like, there's a little, little antics because, like, more and more kids are asking for toys. And, like, the toy supply is kind of running out. And he kind of won't tell Jesper why he has so many toys to begin with. But he's fine. He's giving it to the kids. It's fine. And you kind of see some of the, he's got this very foreboding presence when you first meet him, but mm. you kind of see it kind of melting away. Um, so he's kind of like the guy who could kill you, but he's actually a cinnamon roll. Yeah. A very he, big The roll. look of him, the look <laughs> of him reminded me a lot of uh, the old man in the beginning of Breath of the Wild. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. That yes. is immediately who I thought of. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You must bring me orbs for my paraglider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then we also meet another little child, the sweet little Sammy girl. And since Jasper is from the capital, he don't speak Sammy. No one in the village does. No one really does. And so there's this adorable little girl, and she's like trying to like get in touch with Klaus too, but it's clear. There's he has no career. idea what the fuck she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so sad because she's got the cute, the biggest little head and the biggest little eyes and she just looks so adorable. And he, like, because he's still kind of in his asshole stage at this point, he just kind of brushes her off. Yeah. And it's so sad. She's so cute. Um, But like kind of more and more the kids are like playing together and then the bullies kind of get on it and mm -hmm. they're like what the fuck i got a piece of coal and so jesper then comes up with this idea because he's been kind of like relaying all the info to klaus about you know who these kids are and jesper comes up with the idea of the naughty list and he's like well i know you've been bad and klaus knows and he has a list and you want to get a present you have to be on the nice list. You cannot be on the naughty list. And so then all the kids are like, oh, okay, I gotta be nice. I gotta be good. <laughs> and so then they actually start giving back to their community. And the adults start getting roped into, like, this, like, you know, like, it's actually the probably the most positive thing that has happened to this community in a long, long time. Right. <sighs> it's beautiful. It's just... It's it's just really there's a, a quote that goes out throughout the movie um, about like doing acts of kindness, but it's just it's very inspiring. It makes me feel all the warm, and I, maybe it's just also the the world we're in right now, especially of mm -hmm. feeling like nobody gives a shit about each other because you know people don't want to wear masks outside and want to put it's other just... people at risk. Um, yeah. Especially those of us who are essential workers and still have to be at work. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think one of the big, like, I guess this is one of the things that really pulled at my heartstrings was like, it was that one beginning act of kindness that Klaus wanted to make because he wanted to make another kid happy. Yeah. Like the light in his eyes when he got to see the kid play with that toy. 
And then that sparked the kid to eventually go on and play with a girl from the Yellingbow family and it's so on and so forth. And it's just, it's the kids who inspire the adults. And it's just like, if we were just basic human beings to each other and like, Treated each other with we respect. Could our lives, the world. right? Like our lives would be so much better. It is a very basic premise. It is the premise of many a a children's film for sure. But it was just, it was just nice. No, but it was nice because it wasn't like something that they like beat you over the head with. Like yeah. they really actually allowed it just to kind of take seed organically. Mm-hmm. So it never it felt at very any point natural. Felt preachy. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't preachy. It was just yeah, it was completely natural. Yeah, because there was like um, no one there that was like, you have to be nice to your neighbor if you want to be a good person and get gifts from Klaus. Like it was none of that. It was just oh, hey, I'm seeing my kids create a better community. I can do that because I'm an adult. And then that Mm -hmm. inspires other people to do the same and so on and so forth. And so, yeah, definitely doesn't beat you over the head with it. It just allows it to happen. Yeah. And so because this whole thing is really taking off, like Klaus and Jesper, they tame reindeer to pull the cart. (laughs) Um... And everything and like the community is just flourishing the school is doing so good alba is just thriving the kids uh. are thriving and then the town elders are just a little too put off by it <laughs> um and so they're like okay we're supposed to be fighting like this is just what our town is this is who we are we need to put a stop to this. So they go out of their way to sabotage Jesper and Klaus. Um, and so they end up tampering with the cart and the cart loses its wheels and it goes flying over the town. And so now all the children <laughs> believe that the sleigh flies over them and delivers the presents. But, you know, obviously Klaus is going to start running out of toys and Jesper is like starting to get desperate. Cause like, he's not going to meet his quota. Like there's only mm-hmm. so far this town is going to be able to go. So he tries setting up Klaus with a workshop and he like Klaus has a workshop. Like he's been inside of it. And so he's like, this stuff can go here and this stuff can go there. And then he pulls down this drape and we see this really ornate looking little, house statue Mm -hmm. thing and like you can see uh like these two little figures and one's clearly meant to be klaus when he's younger and what's clearly meant to be his wife and then there's these little windows beneath them and they're all empty and you just see klaus completely deflate (laughs) and you know we've unlocked the trauma And he shuts down and he sends Jesper away because Jesper has pushed him too far. I guess Jesper obviously feels very, very bad about having pushed too far uh, when it comes to Klaus's traumatic backstory. Um, And like, he knows for sure, like Klaus isn't going to help him at this point, but he still needs to meet his quota. Cause like at this point, Jesper is kind of in this like, I kind of actually really like it here. But yeah. also, like, I want to go back home. Because um, he can't keep his eyes off the prize, but he also can't right. deny, like, how, but 
the joy that he's brought this town and the change he's affected on this town. Yeah. So and it's it's very sweet. So like he knows he's not going to meet his quota if he can't make Christmas happen, basically. Um, and so he starts to. Well, does it? Yeah, he he does. He runs into a. Into so Margu then. Margu. And Margu keeps trying to talk to him. And like Jasper's just like totally defeated. So he's just venting to her. And like it kind of <laughs> seems like she's understanding what he's saying. And is like offering some words of support. And then he's like, <laughs> wait, let's go talk to Alba. Because I'm pretty sure Alba and you can chat. And mm. so that's what they do. And uh, Alba is able to translate Margu's wish for Klaus. And so the next day... Jesper goes to Klaus and he's like, hey, and, or no, Jesper goes and he's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for Margu. Mm -hmm. And Klaus ends up helping him and he's not ready to talk about it, but they're Mm going to do the thing for Margu. And oh my God, (laughs) it is the sweetest scene. So they end up making her a little like ice, like sail sled. And yeah. they bring it to her at the Sami village. And you just see her completely just fall in love with this thing. And it's so delightful. And oh my gosh, the joy on her face, the joy on Klaus and Jesper's face. Oh. <laughs> and like the joy it brings her parents just to watch her yes. be joyful. Yes. It's like, oh. It's hitting me all the right spots. It's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. And so they're going back to Klaus's house and they're feeling pretty good because they know they did a good thing. And then I think is this where he decides to tell Jesper about the traumatic backstory? I believe so, yeah. So and then we find out Klaus has a case of dead wife. <laughs> it's incurable. It's incurable, unfortunately. <laughs> they were supposed to have kids, but she was never able to get pregnant. And then she got sick and she died, obviously. And so, like, he has all these toys that he made for these children. They, like, wanted so many children. They weren't able to have any. And then she died. It's the most horrible thing ever. He's in a lot of man pain for it. Oh. And, I mean, like, they did it They did it well, but, like, the trope yeah. is there. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It should have been Lydia. Lydia should have been Santa. Yeah. <laughs> Lydia should have been gigantic. Yes. <laughs> Lydia is Klaus's wife for those yeah. of y'all who yeah. either don't remember or didn't actually watch the movie. <laughs> and just like to listen to me and now we shoot the shit. I, I, I guess. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Cheers. And uh, yeah, so he's that's why he's doing what he's doing now because he finally gets to pass on the joy he felt to the to the other kids and like he wants to do more and he wants to like spread this joy and then here's the second part that i actually had a really difficult time with which Mm. was the sammy decide to come help and join Mm. klaus and i remember looking at margu when she was first introduced and they were like oh she's sammy i'm like cool and i'm looking at her outfit i'm like Please, God, did not make this Hemi the elves. Please just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then I'm like seeing the rest of the Sammy. I'm like, please, God, don't make them the elves. Please, God, just let them, just let them be Sammy. It's it's fine. 
Yeah. And then they decide to come and help Klaus and the implication is that they are the elves. And I'm like, that's not okay! Yeah, it is. <laughs> I got yeah. what you're trying to say, but it's not okay! You can't right. do that! <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. Well, I don't know. Okay. So, like, here, I'll say what I'm hoping. What I would hope is it was just a completely win over the writer's heads um, yeah. of how the optics are of that are. And like, there were no sensitivity or diversity readers in the room. There was um, not any and... sensitivity or diversity readers in that room. <laughs> no, God, no. But like, I, I, I'm hoping that they were just dumbasses whose intentions were to be like, you see what you do when you just make one child happy. Like we're going to come yeah. and help. We're a, uh, they are all about community. I mean, that is just their way. And like, keep it. I'm not a hundred percent. Like, I don't know too much about like Sammy and region mm-hmm. um, po- politics and like relations and everything. So, like, maybe this is something that would make a lot more sense for the Sami versus like you know, um, indigenous people in mm-hmm. North America helping like the townspeople. So yeah. Um. But it it's, it didn't sit right with me. Yeah, <laughs> no, I get people that. People come and help. The, that, come and and help so the that Norwegian. was <laughs> that was that was the thing that I was like, it could be this or because I was like, well, who was the who were the writers and remembering that the one writer was from Spain and then I think the other two were just white dudes from the states. Yeah, um, and so it may not have been a thing that have gone over their heads or did because it's so normal because they both all three yeah. of them come from some sort I, of I colonizing they, country i think their intentions were innocent but yeah this is like yeah it's the optics of it and it's like there still needed to be a lot more um consultation and everything i think agreed with the agreed. people that you are portraying um, and like I, 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 from the sounds of it, they did consult quite a bit to get it right, mm-hmm. but just don't make them the elves, guys. Like that's yeah. just all I have to say. <laughs> don't yeah. do it. Uh, um, but they they help him get it off the ground, and he's like, "I'm gonna be able to see so many kids." Um, and this is around the time where they're like, what if we did something for Christmas? Like, what if we just got them all to write some, write, write us for Christmas and we could like get them the toys that they want for Christmas. And they're like, yes, this is a great idea. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Um, meanwhile, the town elders are like, (laughs) yeah, we're not going to let that happen. And like the town is turning into this wonderful Christmas wonderland. It is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no. And so basically they're like, we are going to sabotage this. And so basically what they end up doing is they end up sending the amount, like more than what is expected. I think this ended up sending like 10,000 letters. 14,000. 14,000 letters. And they're just, it's a, it's a assembly line. There's an assembly yeah. line. It's, uh, that's just how they're going to do it. And so then... I- Oh, sorry. I just want to throw in here about the feuding families. I mean, it's this it is the perfect example of like um 
the enemies will come yeah. together to defend what is there. I don't want to make it make this movie what it's not. Um, like we kind of like we were talking about when we watched uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, and we we're like yeah. a story and cultural appropriation. When that was definitely not the intention, it's just how we were able to read it. But like this was a great example of like how people who have higher amounts of privilege, even if they don't like each other, they will stick to each other. Yeah, so that they can continue having their separation that privilege yeah, yeah that privilege and so they yeah so they've like called the truce and everything and they're like we're gonna bring these guys down we're gonna go back to our feud it's gonna be fine yeah. um and so but all sending all those letters and suddenly the postmaster general arrives <laughs> in town and it's time for jesper to come home because he has accomplished his task tenfold <laughs> he's and he's like i'm done with my tasks i'm not sus <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like okay we're going home and the elders are like fuck yeah we're getting rid of him we just gotta get rid of alva and we are so solid like no more um and uh then jasper's like yeah i'm not going he is committed to making this happen. He knows he belongs in Smeersburg. And he goes to help Klaus deliver all the presents. Um, but Can we you talk know. about the look of betrayal on everyone's faces, though, when they realize, oh like, this initially was not Jesper's plan. Like, he, he is very much so, like, has the... Um, He's not an antagonist at the beginning by any means, but the unlikable protagonist to somebody who is genuinely very likable. Um, mm. Because all of this starts with some nefarious intentions. Like, I'm going to get all of the... Like, I don't give a shit about the community or these kids' happiness or Klaus's happiness in general. It's just, I want to get what I need so I can get the fuck out of here to go back to my silk sheets. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my butler. He doesn't, you're right. <laughs> and by the time that dad gets there, like... One, the reason he's so surprised is he's like, I don't think I made my quota. And two, it's probably like, oh, shit. Like, I I don't know if I want to go. And yeah, I didn't I, necessarily realize that until you were here to come get me. And so the yeah. look of betrayal on everybody's faces because they didn't get the, at, at least at that moment, um, know that, like, he had this whole character growth. They don't realize that the nefarious intentions have now passed and he is actually yeah. like 100% on board. So, right. It's almost like a fake dating scenario. <laughs> when you think about it, <laughs> he was in it for the wrong reasons, but yeah, the, the yeah. faking that he had to do actually ended up making him fall in love. <laughs> yeah. Say <laughs> <They> lovey. <laughs> so, then it then he catches sight of like some torches and he's like oh shit they're gonna sabotage the gift giving i gotta go help them and it's, there's this whole chase scene and then suddenly and at one point the ellingbow is it the ellingbow what? the yeah no the ellingbow daughter almost falls to her death but a crumb son saves her uh -huh. and then sparks fly and we'll get back to that in a second. 
So they managed to sabotage this whole ordeal. They're like, oh, uh, like all the guests go over this cliff, go over this like thousand foot gift. There's no saving them. Jesper is like horrified. The elders think that they have got this. They did it. And then, um, uh, they, so this is where the quote that is repeated multiple times really gets driven home. So like they're coming to like steal all the toys and like burn everything down. And then Jesper says, a true selfless act always sparks another. Um, and then makes them all turn around. And it is the Ellingbow girl, whole, like bridal carrying the crumb boy. <laughs> and the Ellingbow girl only knows one word and it's mine. Um, yeah. And so she just says that. And they were like, no, don't do this. Because like they were the last yeah. kid that they had control over. Um, yeah. And that's basically what gets them to leave is being like, we can, there's nothing we can do. <laughs> yeah. So, and then we find out that Alba and Klaus were not idiots. They made sure that the elders were chasing the wrong sleigh. And the real sleigh with the real gifts is just fine. We're going to go save Christmas. And that's what they do. Um, And that's how Christmas ends. And then we find out that the Crumb and Ellingbow children have gotten married mine (laughs) (laughs) and now their feud is officially done to their begrudgement um and so then we find out that the gift giving has spread through all of northern scandinavia and like they see the northern lights and it's gorgeous and they are doing so well and they're doing this for 12 years Jesper marries Alva. It's super mm. cute. And then it gets to a point in like he's house. He's so old. And he just <laughs> knows it's time. And then he just it's, goes peace and he's out. <laughs> it's so it's so pretty. Okay, so I think one of the parts that we didn't it was like it's like a brief minor thing when um Klaus was telling Jesper about his tragic backstory. Um, we also earlier in the film learned that he makes a shit ton of birdhouses. Um, oh, yeah. There are t- so many birdhouses in his trees. And he, when he is revealing his tragic backstory, um, he explains like his wife loved birds. So he just kept making a bunch of birdhouses after she died because making things is the only way he knows how to cope. Um, and so he's out like chopping wood and the wind is blowing and the birdhouses are all clinking together. And that's where you get like that magical mysticism again with yeah. the snow and the leaves all blowing up and, and going towards the beautiful light. And like, he just like takes a big inhale and he's like, I'm coming home. He turns to Jesper and he says, see you around kid. And he winks and he disappears. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were making it. I did. I said, uh, Skywalker. Skywalker. I'm sorry. I'll let you keep going with the beautiful thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. No, it was just, it was really beautiful. It was very like, 
I, that was what I, that's when I started like crying was like, <sighs> because there's something about like, it wasn't just, um, you know, 12 years later, Klaus died, <laughs> you know, no, was... and like made it really sad. It was a beautiful and joyful thing. It was yeah. Klaus who had been able to make the last 12 years of his life fulfilling, being able to be at peace feeling like he'd done his job and done it well and be able to go be with his wife. Jasper's like, hey, like he comes looking for Klaus and there's this brief moment where he looks in and you see that like wooden sculpture that had happened and it still has Klaus and his wife there. And but suddenly it's filled with the Sami people who have helped them. And then all around it are the townspeople and they've carved it. And it's kind of like this beautiful representation of how this community has come together. Um, and then, yeah, so Jesper realizes that Klaus is passed on. He's he's done. And so mm -hmm. he helps keep the delivery service active. And then every Christmas Eve, he puts his kids to bed. And he waits by the fire because he knows. I have to. I okay. Hang on. I have to. Oh, I, I have to read the the last couple of lines of the film because it oh, made my heart smile so big. Um, Jesper, it, it's like a voiceover saying, "What happened to him after that? How? Why? I can't even begin to comprehend. I stopped trying to make sense of it a long time ago, but I do know. Once every year, I get to see my friend." And I'm like, yeah, it gives so me the chills because I don't know why I just maybe it's just because of the time that we're in right now. And also personally having a rough couple of last couple of weeks and a rough day that like something about this movie just grabbed my heart and gave it the best hug it's had in months. Yeah. And like, I, I don't. I know why I like this movie. I just don't understand why I'm having the reaction to it that I am, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think it's because you turned something that was as it was about a community growing together mm. and learning how to love each other. And that's what basically gave birth to Santa Claus and yeah. the birth of Saint Nick. And but it was also about like this friendship that was forged and in 2020, that just feels like the story that needed to be told. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, like hope, like love and hope and friendship is friendship is the true meaning of Christmas. No, um, <laughs> I mean yes, but also no. Um, right. But like, it's it's that's what's going to keep legends going, and mm. you know that's what's going to be remembered after all this yeah. time. So I think that's why it yeah. works. So I, I totally agree. And it's not like we're saying like, you know, you just join hands and sing Kumbaya and all of the world's problems are fixed. No. But like getting able to see it in a community that apparently has never liked each other. Um, and it's for dumb, like there's no reason to it. They just feud. They, that's the just town, what it is. Yeah, the town has was built on I think Joan Cusack said resentment in spite, which is also what yeah. I am built on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I agree that like in this time when it feels like nobody gives a shit about the community. Um, yeah. 
to be able to see a movie where people go from not giving a shit about the community to like their kindness and, and care for other people, like one rebuilt the community, but then he made it even better. Um, yeah. I think that's what <sighs> shit sucks right now. And I want that. Yeah. I want people to, care I want more true selfless acts that will. Yeah. That's uh, what I think this also touched my social worker heart because yeah. like, like you can see. So social work is all about, it's not just like about the therapy. It is about the micro, meso and macro practice. So like the individual, the community, like the, the whole basically. And you kind of get a little bit of all that in this film. Like you get the personal individual growth with Klaus and Jesper and then the community growth with the kids and then it ending up changing the entire town of Smearinsburg and then also being able to spread that kindness out to other areas aside from Smearinsburg is like that macro. And that's the shit I live for. Yeah. Helping the individual helps the community, helps the whole yeah. That made me That's feel so good. good. That's so good. Made me, That's so good. Made me feel good. All right. That was Klaus. Um, <laughs> that was Klaus. That was Klaus. Um, Abby, <laughs> yes. what do you think was the best part of this movie? The whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> no, I, I, I think I'm a sucker. I'm a fucking sucker for repeated line. Uh, yeah. That ends up being the 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 thematic piece the of the film. The thesis, thank you. Yeah. The thesis of the film. Like I'm a fucking slut for rebellions are built on hope. Yeah. Um, and so it it makes perfect sense that the best part for me is a true selfless act always sparks another. And it's yeah. just ooh, I get like warm fuzzies when I even just say it. Yeah. I what was your best? My best part, honestly, it was seeing the change in the town. Yeah. And I think it was almost like like the artistic representation of the town and like how that ended up being changed. And like, you know, the Adams children are still the Adams children, but now they're just nicely sticking a <laughs> nose into a snowman instead of standing <laughs> in. Um, but just, I, yeah, it was about seeing this community heal. From like generations yes. of pain, like that's amazing. That's beautiful. Healing and becoming more that? beautiful for it, like that's amazing. Mm. More of that, please. More of that. More, 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 more. Yeah, I yeah, I really love this movie. I have a feeling I know what your worst is, but what's your worst? Um, the fact that it was written by dudes, unchecked. Mm. That's the worst part of this movie because there was like there was moments where I'm like, yeah, of course hey, Jesper and Alva are gonna get together. Like, yeah. okay, sure. Um, I just want more platonic BFF male female yeah. relationships. That's all I want to see. And like, it doesn't mean that we can't occasionally get like a really good romance, but if you're not gonna put in the time to really develop it, and they did not put in the time to really develop it, it was just like assumed as soon as he met her, and I was like, okay. yeah. Um, I would have rather have just had it be a friendship. And this is the gay in me talking. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh -huh. Like, 
But, the same I'm, thing. <laughs> but like at the same time, it's just like I've seen this being done and it was like a lot of the, the same tropes that we see so often from the same male f- filmmakers. Mm. And it's just like, just do something a little different w- with it. And this movie would have been spectacular. Um, yeah. That was the worst part about it. And so and like that also covers like the Sammy um the yeah that's an aspect of yeah. it so yeah so yeah. that's the worst part of this movie for me is that it just it needed a little bit a little bit more diversity mm-hmm. behind the scenes i would say yeah yeah i think i'm gonna have to piggyback off of your worst as mine and also like i think it could be a blanket statement for majority of the movies that we'll be watching this year and the ones that we watched last year like yeah. there is not a sensitivity reader in sight um no. because or even like just like a diversity reader or a diverse person behind the scenes. Um, yeah. And so like, you know, maybe I, I, they do sound like they did their work with trying to learn Sammy culture as much as yeah. they could to put it in their movie. But like, were they having those representatives read their script as well? Um, yeah. Was did somebody have the opportunity to look at that scene and go, Oh, my dude, my guy, you want to, you might want to like rethink this, especially because one of you is from Spain and the other two are from the United States. (laughs) But like, again, and like, then that's where I'm like, it is possible that I'm looking through this to, through a two North American lens. Yeah, that's true. I don't actually know what I'm talking about. So like, I do want to keep that in mind when I'm thinking about this, because it is about how like the Sammy were touched by his kindness. And so they gave kindness in return. But I also do know that like, I mean, all indigenous folks are, but like the Sami in in Norway and like Sweden and all of that, especially, are very much so um, discriminated against and okay. oppressed, like significantly. Um, okay. Again, I don't know much about their culture because one, we don't learn about indigenous cultures in general, but then especially if they're international indigenous cultures from that of North America. So yeah. Was there an unbelievable suspension of disbelief for you? No. No. I mean, I guess the only thing would be like that like Jesper and Alva absolutely ended up together. Like I don't yeah. hate it. But no. I agree with you wanting more male female platonic friendships. Um also I think Alva would be better as a lesbian. Of course. As always. <laughs> what is a and strong female like, character oh, not? <laughs> this is true. This is true. All strong female characters could be a lesbian if they wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> But also like Jesper could have been gay, and that could have been another big part of his story of feeling yeah. love from his father. Uh, oh, and just like whatever. not wanting to fit into his father like just like coasting along on his yeah. like, privilege and everything because that's like just how he's gonna survive you know yeah but so, yeah. make it gay always make it gay yeah um but we're gonna be looking at some films later this year that are not afraid to make it gay <laughs> so i mean let's like let's like let the straights have their time it's okay <laughs> the streets can have one one movie yeah <laughs> um um my only unbelievable sus- suspension of disbelief was that tent like he he, he could have still glamped it up in one of the regular houses that was the only thing where i'm like what are you doing 
what is happening here? That's the only part. The other, but the thing is, like, with suspension of disbelief, you were really like it. You're, I'm so willing to forgive so much in animation because oh the yeah, fact that it's animation. animation. So like, it doesn't like nothing like. The rules of logic don't necessarily have to apply. The rules of physics yeah. don't have to apply in animation. It just is. So, like, mm-hmm. when I say that's my unbelievable suspension of disbelief, I'm like, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It kind of matters, yeah. but it doesn't matter. So, it's yeah. fine. Um, yeah. Sincerity? Christmas magic? Uh, oh! 100%. 10 out of 10. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Watch this movie if you want to get into the Christmas spirit. Like, I... I, But, like, again, like, it's so dark and moody and kind of creepy at the beginning that, like, this is the perfect movie to watch Halloween weekend. Uh, Like, if you're, like... You made a good choice, Emma. I I didn't even know it was going to be this good of a choice, but, like, it it fits. Like, going from Nightmare Before Christmas to this movie is, like... The perfect way, like, watch Nightmare Before Christmas right before you go out and party. Don't go out and party. What am I talking about? No, don't go out and party. Right before you get drunk at home or on a Zoom call with your friends. Yeah. And when you wake up the next day and you're still kind of feeling the Halloween vibes, but, you know, it's Christmas time, throw this movie on. And it's, like, the perfect way to ease you in to the Christmas spirit. The sincerity of this film is through the roof. Oh my god! I think it's it, so sincere. I I think it quite possibly is the most sincere film we've watched thus far. Um, yes, in terms of wanting you to feel the Christmas magic. Um, because yeah. I think a lot of the times when we, a lot of times with our shittier movies, when it comes down to sincerity, is like, do they really care that they're there? Um, yeah. So obviously, an animated film is going to have that extra leg up because yeah, they fucking well, because care. <laughs> well, animation is obviously gonna fucking care because, um, like animation where they don't care is like the little baby bomb shit you see on YouTube yeah. for kids. Like, it's bleak. Yeah. So like any like most animated movies that get like a wide release like this are going like they're going to be sincere it's not always going to land and like sometimes yeah. you're going to get something like emoji movie but like <laughs> for the most part they're they're trying really hard to tell a really good story that kids will like um and this is definitely an example of that um yeah so much so i was just kind of blown away by how good this was yeah so yeah I was, like I said at the, towards the beginning, I went into this blind. I wasn't expecting this to be, like, one of my new favorite movies in general, not just Christmas yeah. movies. And I know for a fact that this one is going to end up in my yearly rotation of Christmas movies yeah. now. Um, I already talked with Chris, and I was just like, so we're going to, like, sit down and watch this movie <laughs> because it made me feel really emotional, and I need to share that with you. It is very hard to get Chris to cry in a movie. Uh, oh, so you definitely text me if he cries. <laughs> I, did, I did not cry. Well, I got a little misty-eyed, but I didn't cry. Yeah, I got misty-eyed. So. Like, like, yeah, I got choked up and yeah. was in my office like... <laughs> you were also um, in your office, so you couldn't, like, fully, like, let your emotions no. go. So maybe no. you'll feel it more when you watch it again. I could. I could. Yeah. 
our docket for like movies that we are watching this year is really good. And there are so many that I'm so excited for, especially because we have more than two movies where there are gay. Um, yeah. And last year, one technically wasn't even a Christmas movie, Carol. <laughs> and the other, like the gay was part of the story, but given the least amount of screen time. So like we have I can't whole even remember what that movie was. Uh Let It Snow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember now. You see what I mean though? <laughs> like Yeah. Um Well we like Let a- It Snow is not gonna be like I'm not gonna watch that again this oh, year. Oh no, no, no. But no. I think Definitely I might not. watch Klaus on the yearly. Yeah. Or like every other year. But like it'll be something where I'm like, okay, like I should probably think about watching Klaus, you know? Yeah. 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 But like we have a lot of gay movies, especially, that I am looking forward yeah. to. And I feel like this already is going to win my favorite film that we watched. Um, and it's only the second one that we watched this time yeah. around. <laughs> so yeah, I it's... adore it. Because, okay, here's here's my thing. This is I was trying to like formulate this in my head on my drive home whilst I was also belting out Christmas music. Um, was like... Both are completely possible. Yes. <laughs> I have ADHD. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, I couldn't figure out, like, w- why, while I was watching the movie, why I was, wasn't feeling like it was a Christmas movie. So, like, I, like, if somebody came into my office and were like, what movie are you watching? It, like, and I said Christmas movie, it probably wasn't, wouldn't be what they were imagining. Um, mm-hmm. Because it, it is a Christmas movie, obviously. It is the origin story of Santa Claus in this Norwegian universe. Mm-hmm. And um, it like the the gift giving ends up becoming um, only Christmas instead of, you know, whenever the kids feel like it. Um, mm-hmm. So it is a Christmas movie, but it also like isn't. Yeah, that's that's what it like my brain was saying, because like the whole point of the story isn't about like Christmas. So in a lot of the movies that we have watched, that we watched last season and are watching this season, like they're really kind of dorky and and, like it's it's all about Christmas, even if there is a love story. Like I think about uh, the holiday calendar, especially. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love those movies. Don't get me wrong, I adore those movies. But like uh, the whole point of Klaus isn't about like Christmas. It's more like what it should be, what Christmas and Christmas movies should be about. Yeah. Like well, because like it's like we know that Christmas is about goodwill towards men. So here is how goodwill towards men actually ended up giving us one of the greatest myths of Christmas. I think that's yeah, kind of what we're yeah. trying to say. And and but also like it became a thing before they made it central to Christmas um, yeah. with like the gift giving, like the community was already built, rebuilt and yeah. beautiful and gorgeous. And everybody was like enjoying each other's company, save a few handful of dumbasses. And it was just kind of like Christmas was the added cherry on top. Yeah. Of, of the, the Sunday we've built. <laughs> Well, the Christmas was the culmination of yeah, everything they had yeah, done yeah. throughout the year. Yeah, which is so it wasn't beautiful. Yeah, it wasn't. Which is what Christmas is kind of a, what 
Christmas is kind of about Christmas and New Year's are kind of the celebration of the fact that you made it. You made it to the end of the year and now you get to start anew and try something different. Like that's what kind of Christmas is. And so this is kind of a very good thematic representation of Mm -hmm. that. It's what Christmas should be about. Um, Mm -hmm. And we can go into a million other reasons, like what we think Christmas should be about or like what, uh, like the things that go into making some of these Christmas movies very, very cheesy and very, very commercialized. But like, it goes back to it's all about that community and just being nice to each other makes a difference in not just your own life, but in the way your community looks and feels and sounds like. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's not like the Christmas magic in this movie isn't like that fantastical mystical magic we only get like a little bit of that with lydia um but it's the magic of people being good to one another Mm -hmm. like that's what it poses as christmas magic and i think that's why obviously it is a christmas film but i'm like i could watch this any time of the year to be completely honest with you because like its thesis is not we love Christmas. Christmas is great. It's a true selfless act always sparks another. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I loved this movie. I have to yeah. simp. I, I have decided to simp. I have to say, though, like, it, it, like, again, like, I've mentioned it briefly before, but, like, the animation and the way that they. Yeah. It just kind of reflected the warm glow of Christmas and what I kind of try to achieve when I decorate my home for Christmas is this warm glow in the darkest night. Yeah. And the animation really reflected that really, really well Mm -hmm. um, in a way that can only really be done by people who've kind of spent time in places that are north of California. Um, (laughs) Because Christmas time is dark and this is actually a film that is dark but then manages to find the glow and the warmth mm-hmm. in that darkness which i think is just beautiful yeah i'm so impressed i'm so so impressed with the art direction of this movie yeah i went back okay so i went back to open the wikipedia article on klaus because i know that they mentioned something about the um the way they animated the film in the production section um but oh i didn't know sergio pablos had worked on disney renaissance films Oh, yeah. Okay. So he wanted to make a new traditionally animated feature film. And it says Pablos wanted to explore how the medium would have evolved had Western animation film studios not switched to producing mostly computer animated films since the 1990s. For the film's look, the studio sought to overcome some of the, te- the technical limit- limitations <laughs> that traditional animation had, focusing on organic and volumetric light lighting and texturing to give the film a unique look while maintaining a handcrafted feel. So I think it very much so did that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like it, it gave them a way to show like visual development styles and not the old, old, old traditional animation where it's like characters look like they're sticking out on painted backgrounds. Um, And like, not that like old traditional 2d animation couldn't do this or like 3d Mm -hmm. animation couldn't do this it's just what they decided to do with the mediums they had was exceptional i think 
and yeah. I can see why I can finally see why this was nominated last year because oh yeah gorgeous yeah gorgeous so I think it's clear that we're giving this film a rose cheer do not show your sorrows in beer this is a good movie no. yeah. you need to go fucking watch it if you haven't already it's I don't think like even though we've spent the last hour gushing over it no go watch it yeah. uh it's real good it's really good you guys it's so watch good it a, <laughs> watch it a million times yeah it's so good. It made my heart so full. Yeah. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. What are we watching next week? We are watching Christmas with a View and The Holiday. So we are going from really good animated feature films to made-for-TV Christmas films in the space <laughs> of a week. So I yes. feel like our reactions next week yeah. are going to be wildly different. Yeah. Which is great. Um, yeah. So we're watching Christmas. Both Christmas with a View and Holiday are on Netflix. Um, Christmas with a View very much so looks like it is very in the line of um, Hallmark Lifetime. And then Holiday looks like it's attempting to be good. I saw a few like gifts because Netflix always... Mm-hmm. promotes a lot of their films quite a bit and i was like okay this actually look visually this looks mm-hmm. like they're trying to do something so yeah. i'm into it it has christian chenoweth in it <laughs> yes yes okay okay abby where can they find you uh you can find me on twitter at abby m cecilia you can also hear me on lousy beautiful town our uh, i guess star wars podcast we don't talk a lot about star wars much anymore but uh, they have that... a really good series on fat phobia. You should go listen to it right now. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and our Twitter is at LBT pod. What about you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at emphasis. It's E M F Y S underscore N E S T. I also have a podcast called Sapphic Skywalkers. Um, we haven't posted since June. Um, yes. but this po- these episodes will probably be the first posts on our feed in a while because we will also upload it to the South Skywalker's feeds. But I just came up with a pitch, so I have to contact Yay. some people, one Yay. of whom is my co-host. So. Oh, it's me? Oh, cool. <laughs> no, not, cool, cool. No, oh. no, not you. I'm sorry. Oh. I mean, maybe. Oh. We'll, 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 see. we'll see how Mando season two pans out. It's fine. Um, so I guess that makes more sense when you're talking about Sapphic Skywalkers and you're saying my co-host. That would definitely yeah. be Lynn and not Abby. <laughs> I mean, as much as I love having you on, you have you have your own show. This is true. You know, this is true. So, <laughs> this, is, this is our show, Abby. Yeah, yeah. I've been looking I, forward am, this I whole year not, to do. Uh, I like that's the thing is like I've been like man, like I miss doing rose with Abby, and yeah. like we were gonna do something this summer, and then it didn't didn't. Happens, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but I miss. I love doing this with you. I know it's this so makes fun. me really happy, and yeah. I'm really excited for getting into some quite possibly trashy movies next week. <laughs> trashy Christmas, yes, 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 yes. yes. Emma, what's our Twitter? At Rose Till Xmas Day, um, where you can find our full schedule, and maybe you can add us and we'll say some stuff that you might find interesting. So go follow us. So, with that, just remember a true selfless sex always sparks another. Remember to go vote. 
on Tuesday if you are in the U.S. And get your flu shot. Get your flu shot! Please get your flu shot. My partner worked on the COVID unit yesterday. Get your flu shot. Get your flu shot. <laughs> Wear, Wear a mask. Wear a fucking mask. It is like one of the simplest things you can do. Wear a mask. Right. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. If you don't know somebody, stay away from them. It's great. Yes. Just do it. Okay? Be safe. Care, have care a, about have your a community. Good care about your community. We'll see you next week for the trashy shit. Love ya! Bye. Merry fucking Christmas! <laughs> <laughs>